Hello and welcome to Moving the Line Prop Drop Show presented by WinBet. Download the WinBet app today. Enter promo code 4 for 4. Receive a risk-free $1,000 bet. I am Ryan Noonan, joined as always by my two favorite fellow prop gens. First, Connor Allen. Connor, beautiful hat. What's going on, buddy? Yeah, I mean, just rocking the same hat here. No sticker. Uh, I mean, I know that that's Thank a big, God. big thing for you, for you guys. I mean, that we should we should discuss that. But I, I think that you know, it's nice to finally have gotten some gear without having to drive uh, multiple hours to sign up for WinBet. Uh, you know, shout out our boss Reed. Thank you for finally hooking up. I uh, appreciate that. <laughs> are those WinBet hats, gentlemen? No, these are Betsperts hats. These are Betsperts uh, hat. Yep. The um, we are now four four as part of the Betsperts Media Group, and Betsperts is a great app. Uh, for tracking picks, which you guys should download. Company man. Yeah. Absolutely love it. Yep. Uh, Beth Burtz is our parent company. Um, we had a little little Christmas party action a little bit last night. So a few cocktails, some uh, live sweats of the Thursday night football game. And um, yeah, good stuff here in the Chicagoland area. Uh, as also the velvety voice of our other Prop DGen, our boy Prop Stars. Alex, what is going on, my friend? What is good, Ryan Connor? Great to see you both. Shout out to Betsperts. They're keeping the lights on. <laughs> so uh yeah, they're doing it. they're doing great things by backing this show. Yeah, this is the weirdest week, guys. I know that we've all been struggling with it. And you know, from I mean, it is like the most first world problem situation that you could ever possibly have. But from a content producing standpoint. Uh, it, it is a absolute disaster. There are books that won't even post team totals right now. Like you, you like it's just it's very very limited. There are situations where we don't think that we have any COVID issues or outbreaks, and like those props aren't even posted because I think the books are so worried about getting their ass handed to them uh, with you know something happening and things getting cut at the last minute or whatnot. So we are limited. We want to keep it light. We want to have some fun. We want to answer your questions that is our favorite part of the show anyway so we're going to do a little bit of all of it so we have some props for you not as many as we typically have because again i hope you appreciate the authenticity of that typically we give four a piece uh it is not i think in our best interest or yours to just give you 12 props just to give you 12 props because we haven't bet 12 props uh at this point so you know we're not here to to fill the space we're here to help give you winners so yeah, I want to just say uh, I want to commend 444 Ryan and Connor as well, because uh, being in this space for as long as I have, I'm sure you guys can attest to this, having been in this space for a long time as well. I have worked for other platforms where uh, they sort of feel like a pick factory. And uh, yeah, they wouldn't really be very sensitive to a situation uh, like this weekend, which is pretty much unprecedented, where, you know, there's very few props available. Obviously, all these COVID issues are making things uh extremely wonky where you just have to force out picks even when you don't have the full level of confidence in them not the case here which is something i just admire and respect so much about 444 and being a part of this phenomenal team so just wanted to uh say thank you guys and yeah it's a great thing dude yeah i mean for sure there's like i mean there's like half of the games have like half of the props like this is like it's nothing because like like you said books are waiting to get hit we've had so much covid news I mean, if you haven't like reassessed everything that you knew by like Wednesday already, like it's just like it's constantly turning on its head. Uh, so, yeah, I'm very comfortable just like 
give out a few props here and there, talk about a lot of questions. I think that we can still give a lot of good analysis and hopefully we're able to through this show and through our listeners actually find more props that we do like, uh, because I feel that going through it with you guys and like kind of breaking down props, like I'm actually able to find more props that I like because I don't always go through this, you know, very granular thought process of every prop, you know, all the time, because I mean, it's got, it's like thousands of props every week, you know, like it's, I mean, impossible to do every single one, but um, yeah, so I'm, I'm excited. We can jump in though. Yeah. Uh, so again, a reminder, well, housekeeping at the top. Uh, this is the Prop Drop Show. We have two shows per week here at Move the Line. Again, uh, wherever you're uh, listening, whether that is uh, via YouTube, hanging out with us live, we love you and pre- appreciate that uh, more than you know. Um, we also, again, have podcasts as well. So I know not everyone can hang out with us live. Um, so wherever you are hanging out, subscribe. Uh, let us know. Uh, rate and review. We appreciate that too. But subscribe lets you make sure that you get notifications so you don't miss a single episode. In our show notes, no matter where you are, there are some details of how to access our betting subscription at 444, which you need to do. Uh, We have, again, this is going to take you through the end of February. And uh, NBA is live on Monday. NBA is live in our Discord currently. We already have, we're like less than an hour into tip. We have winners in our Discord for NBA tonight already. So uh, you are missing out by not taking advantage of that. 444.com slash plans. Again, that's going to get you through the end of all of our football stuff. That'll take you uh, NBA through the end of uh, February. Golf comes back in two weeks, which is wild to think that we're that close to, you know, golf every week, which is a big part of what we do. Uh, A great sport to bet. If you are, uh, you know, even somewhat interested in the game of golf, we have some really great, exciting stuff coming out uh, sooner than later in the golf space. So we are really excited about that. So uh, and prop stars again is going to be a piece of our NBA process. Uh, he is going to be writing a prop article on Wednesdays and he's going to be hanging out in the discord occasionally as well. I, I want to just touch on that very briefly. I cannot wait to be uh, producing weekly NBA content. I will have an article every Wednesday, as Ryan mentioned, that'll be exclusively with four for four. I also want to point out, I don't even think Connor and Ryan are aware of this. I've already been hanging out in the discord under a pseudonym. Oh, so yeah, oh. If you guys can figure out what that pseudonym is. It's uh, related to something very special in my life. But yeah, I am an active member in the Discord. I don't even think Connor and Ryan are aware of that yet. Oh, no. Mm. I did not know that. I did not know that you were an active member. I mean, now I'm going to have to go go look and find out because I'm curious. Yeah, I just went to G. There's no garden. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll you know, do a little digging, but I, I love G it. G is a good track. I will say that much. I'll, I'll tip my hat off to that. Okay. The people that know me really well will be able to uh, connect what the G means. Oh, snap. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll probably just release it by the end of the show as well. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of like it. I like it on the download. I'm not going to lie. So I'm scrolling furiously through our Discord right now. (laughs) (laughs) Just look for the most troll stuff. No, just kidding. (laughs) The most antagonistic, aggressive stuff that you've seen in the Discord. No. (laughs) <laughs> you might be a boomer, you know, like me, an old, and you might be like Discord. Oh, Discord. It's an app. Do I have to download this app and put it on? like? Listen, I'm telling you, it is. First of all, it's really easy to use, and um, I, you're absolutely missing out by not being in the Discord. The, with the way that these props move, uh, you know, sides and totals are going to move too. The way that these props move, 
so quickly and with the you know thirst that uh alex's following has you know when alex puts a number out it is gone very very quickly and you know connor and i know we're very grateful that we've built a nice little thing at four for four and we're noticing that that's happening as well and you really want to get in because uh yeah like the three of us all want to make these bets and all make money that's why we do this. That's how we got in this spot in the first place. We're not out here to not make money ourselves, but I cannot begin to tell you how much we appreciate what's happened in the last few weeks. You know, we've had some really strong weeks and we're starting to get uh, a little bit more feedback from the discord kind of letting us know that that's happening. And I, you know, Connor and I have talked offline about it a lot. It's like, we're just very, very grateful that, uh, you know, shout out Benny. Thank you. Um, best subscription ever. We appreciate it. We were very, very grateful when you guys are making money too, we want to help you make that cash. That's why we're doing it. The community wins are the best. So I cannot reiterate that enough. Um, the discord is going to help you do that the best. If you're waiting for the article, the articles just, we need them from a, an SEO standpoint sometimes just for like clicks in the way that the business works. Uh, it, sometimes we make sure that those aren't dead numbers too, just like our job is here to make sure that they're not dead numbers, but you're going to get that number. I mean, immediately I, I, I will bet it's, and I will put it in there like within 90 seconds of when I hit it myself. So hopefully our su- subscribers can get it quickly. I know Connor's the same. I'm sure Alex too. I, I started release actually putting the props in the Discord before I even bet it myself because uh, I, I'm a man of the people. And that and I admire that greatly. I will do the same thing. I also want to say what, what I've found at least so far this season with NBA props, they're a little uh, less subject to some of the extreme movement that happens uh, with NFL props, uh, this may be a limited sample size, and you know I haven't gone like uh, kind of full blast yet with NBA. But personally, I've noticed when I've given out the few NBA props I have, um, what's nice is that the numbers will actually uh, kind of stay available for a little bit longer than NFL props. Which, uh, yeah, if you're having trouble kind of you know getting the same numbers and lines as us, uh, NBA, you might have a little more luck with that. This is an advantage to our current Discord members only at this point. Uh, we'll run a little promo here. Whoever can guess Proppy's Discord username, we're going to give him a free 4 for 4 t-shirt. So hit us up in the comment section. Again, if you're already in the Discord, you have the ability to scroll down and, and find some uh, some answers. If you're not, get real creative. Uh, if you can get it and you're not in this Discord, we'll get you a hoodie. Okay, like you know, we'll make it We'll make it happen. So uh, get, get real creative. You know, maybe he said... He kind of hung a carried out there. Maybe there's you have some intel, even if you're not currently a full four subscriber, uh, based on following and hanging out with prop stars in other spots. So, all right, gentlemen. Uh, oh, also NBA the tools, the tools that we have for the NFL, have them for the NBA tool, prop tool explorer. Uh, you know the you know, prop tool finder itself. Lots of great stuff. We're excited about it. Prop article every day. Discord firing stuff off. Let's get to it. So, uh, Connor. Start us off, my man. Uh, what is a uh, prop that you have that you're confident in so far this week? Yeah, so I really like, um, and I'll kind of go off, go off on two of my props here. So I double down on the Mormon wonder himself, Taysom Hill, uh, over ru- eight and a half rushing attempts. I, I'll, for what it's worth, I don't know if he's a Mormon or not. Can you say that he, on the show? <laughs> is he a BYU alum? Um, he is. Yeah, he is a BYU alum. So yeah, Good chance I, again, he's Mormon then, right? Yeah. Well, I, think I, I mean – I think it's required. I, it's not required. I mean, like, there's no way that they're like, just form a 
legitimate football team with only Mormons. I mean, that just seems like. You don't have to <laughs> I mean, you don't go to BC or Notre Dame if you're not Catholic. It's, Dude, you know, that it's... is not true. Dude, I promise. I bet there's so many people that are not Catholic that go to those schools. Anyways, I like, I like the over eight and a half rush attempts for him. Uh, I also like over 43 rushing yards. Um, so his rush attempts I just took lately. Uh, this was minus 140 at open, so I stayed off, but now minus 115 at DraftKings. Um, he started and finished six games in the past two seasons. He has 10, 10, 14, 5, 11, and 11 rush attempts in those games. They're now 10-point underdogs against the Bucks. a team that was just torched by Josh Allen for 100 rushing yards on 12 attempts. Um, I think this line should be 9.5, uh, so I'm very comfortable playing this over. And then his rushing yards, you know, same kind of premise, but um, like in two games this year, he has 111 and 73 rushing yards. Um, and just back, basically when he, you know, backs up, and it's just like like his one of his first looks is to run. He's got no one to throw to. Like he's, I just think at this point, like he's almost guaranteed to rush for ten times for whatever. Not to mention any goal line packages is usually good for like one to two times a game. So I think that I'm doubling down on it. Um, not scared. I it de- definitely could come to bite me with it's essentially a two unit play. But I really like both of those. I actually love both of those as well. I'm going to call this right now. I'm going to make his yardage an official play as mine as well. Uh, yeah, I have been I eyeing Taysom well. Hill. That yeah, no, that has been that is an awesome spot. I've been eyeing Taysom Hill as well. I also think this matchup will invite him to run, as Connor mentioned. Uh, just watching him, he is a uh, first read through his progression, and then he takes off. Coupled with the fact that New Orleans does not have any really viable receiving options, these guys are terribly miscast in their current roles. We've also seen this uh, Bucks secondary improve drastically in the back end, specifically in their secondary. So yeah, I do think he's going to have to run the ball a lot. I think the Bucks will also allow them to, in a scenario where they get up double digits and uh, they're kind of you know backing off a little bit. Um, so yeah, I absolutely love this prop as well. It's something I've been eyeing. So yeah, I'm going to make that an official play as mine. Love it. I, yeah, I tailed. I did not tail the attempts. I gave it a long look. I actually was looking at our Prop Explorer tool when Connor posted the eight and a half. So that was interesting and kind of looked like he basically is going over this every time he starts. Um, I didn't want to double down because I also did take the uh, the yardage number earlier. But I, I do like both plays. One other interesting point here is um, something that I've heard talked about a lot. So we've kind of seen when you look at some of like the you know, season long numbers for the Bucks defense, as far as, you know, rushing yards allowed, they've started to dip a little bit, you know, they're not necessarily like the top unit in the league anymore. And that's a little bit intentional. And Bruce Arians has been really adamant about game plan wise in the second half in particularly. And I know this is going to sound like it makes sense, but like, it sounds like they're doing it to even more of an aggressive degree. They, especially with a lead are overplaying the pass in the second half. They are inviting you to run. So last week, everyone was complaining about the Bills not running in the first half. And then they start running in the second half and they have some success. And everyone's like, well, look, look at how they're running and have it. they should have done it earlier. But the reality is, is they were facing a very different, different defensive front that was inviting them to run. And they were like wisely checking out of runs. And we saw a ton of Josh Allen runs in the second half because they were playing with so much nickel defense. They were dropping linebackers in the coverage. I think we're going to have a same spot where we're going to have Taysom Hill in the second half. This might be a, you know, at halftime and you're like, oh, he's got three attempts in 20, you know, 20 yards. And he's going to just go ahead and take off in the second half. So uh, I like it quite a bit and it kind of just fits how Tampa Bay is playing right now. So that's why I tailed it. So we talked about it on the Wednesday show too. 
That's a that's a great I think a great point there because like I mean like they're ten point favorites they're probably going to be up by a good bit like as long as they're not up by forty or the Saints are winning by ten you know Taysom Hill is going to be dropping back a ton and probably likely scrambling. What is your guys' take on uh, Jonathan Taylor's yards and his combo prop this week? I know it's hovering around 116 yards. Kind of speaking, I know we're somewhat off subject here, but yeah, just looking at New England's defense, uh, the one area that they have been vulnerable this season has been on the ground. There is also, um, you know, a wide array of people who, you know, Bill Belichick likes to, or there's a narrative that he likes to take away the opposing team biggest strength which obviously in this scenario you would think that he could potentially um you know play the run more aggressively considering that is what indianapolis's bread and butter has been so yeah i'm curious what your guys take on jonathan taylor is this week yeah i mean so so we actually have someone asked that question the chat here maiden focus is so right now 115 and a half combined rushing receiving yards i believe his rushing total is around uh you know in, in the 90s like high 90s low 100s um and we haven't projected for 118 combined, 90 rushing yards, uh, and then the receiving yards. So I think that for me, I guess my only concern, something we talked about on the Wednesday show, is that if you're New England, like, so we saw, actually saw this happen. The Colts, you know, dominated the Bills largely through the running game against a, a better by the numbers Bills defense and the Patriots. Like the Bills defense, run defense is, you know, better by DVOA um, and by some metrics than the Patriots run defense. However, um, I kind of trust Bill Belichick's game planning more so to stack the box and force the Colts to beat them through the passing game rather than the running game. Like, um, I think that there's two very clear paths here in this game. So, like, I think that the Bill, that the Patriots stack the box and make force Carson Wentz to throw, um, which is definitely not guaranteed to stop Jonathan Taylor, who's, you know, elite talent. But I think certainly has a better chance than, you know, the Bills, who were very reluctant even last week in a game where we knew Mac Jones wasn't throwing to stack the box at all. And then um, I also think that the Patriots on the other side of the ball are going to throw the ball a lot more compared to last week when they didn't with the win game and now are facing a cold scene that's good at run defense and they're and the Patriots are without Damian Harris, um, like they're, you know, kind of bully ball uh, type of back where, I mean, Stevenson kind of can play that role, but I think that, I think it just doesn't lend towards him getting 20 carries, like if they don't have both of them. So that's kind of how I see that game playing out. Noonan, do you have any any takes there beyond that? I think it's perfect, Connor, to be honest. I mean, I think that there's the narrative – in New England, like the you know the Mac Jones stuff, it's like oh they don't trust the rookie quarterback. They took the ball out of his hands, and it's like well no they 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 just were able to run. Can you imagine? Like do you see how ornery the Bills were after that game? You knew what was coming, and you could not stop them. Why would you deviate from that and risk throwing the ball in that scenario? So you mentioned at the top, like no one is, and that's sometimes why I think you have to take some of the Patriots season long big picture metrics from game, you know with a grain of salt because of how they will scheme up and i think that that's what you see here i think you see a ton of man coverage you see jc jackson manned up on michael pittman you see man across the board on dusty ty hilton uh zach pascal who we love to go under on the pats can do that uh you know and in, in, with no problem they're healthy in the back end and you see run blitzes to stop jonathan taylor stack boxes and run blitzes to stop him doesn't mean that he, they do but I think it's they make a deliberate attempt to do so. Um, so again, you know, main focus also calling out. He's always been great at taking away the best option. Yeah, I mean that's that's what they're going to do here, knowing that part of the success that we've seen from Carson Wentz in the last few weeks has been a 
more dominant Jonathan Taylor, right? We've seen Naheem Hines be regu- re- you know, regulated to backup duty at best. And then you see the spike in play action rate off of the, the handoffs. And I think Belichick thinks that they can win that way. I think they're able to pass the ball more too. Uh, so I kind of like the over in this game. I didn't take it, but I think you see more points because I think we're reacting to what we saw with the run heavy game in Buffalo. But yeah, I mean, Here's the thing with Jonathan Taylor, though. He is one of those dudes that is really hard to kind of contextualize, right? They can do all these things. And, and he can still win. He can he still just win. one. Yep. So definitely not taking the under. Don't get me wrong. I mean, but I'm I'm not as excited about the over as, like, the numbers might seem. Yeah. Agree with In that. fairness to him, he's been averaging close to 150 scrimmage yards over the past 10 games. I think he's yeah. also cleared this number in at least nine of those 10 games. This guy has been phenomenal, and the opponents obviously are keying in on him. He is the focal point of the opposing team's game plan week in, week out, and despite that, he is still running all over everyone. So, oh, yeah, it is a great scheme and system in yeah. Indianapolis. Very good run-blocking line coupled with, you know, probably the most explosive running back in the NFL right now at the peak of his powers. So I'm very yeah. interested to see this match. Also taking the receiving yards, too. Like, you've seen, like, those, like, whatever screens that he houses, like, 60, 70 yards. Like, that can easily get over the total. It doesn't matter what schemes you run. Like, that's just, like, something that could very easily counteract a lot of pressure from the Patriots. So I would say it's combo prop or nothing with him this week, Definitely. considering that, yeah, yeah, he's likely to be very involved if they do sell out to stop the run. You, you just mentioned Connor is his ability as a receiver is, yeah, he's just capable of snapping off a 50, 60, 70 yard play anytime the ball is in his hands. And you know, they'll make him a focal point on the screen plays on the passes to the flouts and by the line of scrimmage. Uh, yeah. If they do take away the run a bit. I agree. Uh, prop for me here, Devontae Parker, over 54 and a half receiving yards. This is minus 115 on DraftKings. Um, our projections have Parker at 75 and a half. A really, really nice edge in projections. Obviously, with Jalen Waddle out, Connor's boy, uh, the path gets a lot clearer for Parker. Uh, again, Jets dead last in yards per reception, dead last in completion percentage allowed. Their last in passer rating allowed. Uh, they are awful against the pass. They have no talent really anywhere on the field right now, which is uh, unfortunately you, you, you'll love to see that for the Jets. I'm sorry. But, um, you know, Parker's just kind of an alpha. He's been fed a massive workload in every game that he's been healthy this season. Now we get him in this spot against the Jets without Waddle in 54 and a half. I really thought this was going to open in the mid 60s. So, uh, and it's sat out there. I posted it a little bit ago. So it has not been steamed up very much. So I think it is active for listeners currently. Um, haven't checked in the last hour or so, but I saw it hanging out there at 54 and a half. So I would play this probably anywhere under 60. Uh, I think he's able to get there pretty comfortably. I like this quite a bit as well. We've seen even with Waddle in the lineup, uh, when Devontae has been on the field, there's been at times where he is getting uh, the lion's share of the targets in the offense. So, yeah, without Waddle against just an inc- – I mean, it doesn't get much better of a matchup than against the Jets. I think this is a great spot to back Parker. Uh, the path to beating the Jets as well is going to be through the air. I feel like the, even Miami cannot really – muster much of a run game even against the Jets I know Miles Gaskin is likely to be back but yeah the the running game has just been putrid we've also seen Miami from a philosophical standpoint shift to primarily a pass a high volume passing offense mm-hmm. the books have been behind that pretty much all season I know that's something that I think we've all collectively taken advantage of at times so yeah Miami's going to throw the ball a ton uh 
Waddle is just, you know, been receiving massive target shares. So, yeah, without him on the field, I think Parker is just almost a close to a lock for 10-plus targets, as healthy as he's been all season. I'm making this an official play as well. Let's go. Love it. Uh, I can't get you – know, we get Connor's Dolphins. We got to get Connor in there. You know, he, these overs, though, you know, they, they scare they – scare our, our young friend Connor here. I know. I'm. Well, I was all in on the Jalen Waddle overs for a couple of weeks, and he, he's awesome. I mean, dude, Jalen Waddle. You know, as much as John, our friend John Daigle will not want to admit it, uh, Jalen Waddle is awesome. The real deal. He's great, and I think too it's getting a little better too. I think he's starting to trust Devontae Parker more, which is awesome because Devontae Pe- Parker is not like a big guy who separates. He's a guy who wins, you know, through in the air or just kind of like you know creating separation at the last minute. Um, and like two has to kind of trust him. Like he, he can't like, he has to throw him open essentially. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that two was very good at as a rookie coming off of his, you know, crazy hip injury. And like, you know, basically the scheme was not planned for him at all. Now it's a ton of RPOs. Uh, our friend, uh, Ben Solak wrote a great piece about, uh, you know, the RPOs and like how two is having actually one of the best in the league at, at throwing RPOs, but, um, he's not as good as everything else, but that's fine. I think as long as you can get it to through that. Um, I think that that's okay. Um, I will bring up one here, so a little bit break. Uh, I think that this one's interesting. It's something that Noonan and I talked about prior. I want, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, Alex. So um, another group got down on Devontae Adams under 97 yards. This is now down to 90 and a half receiving yards. But I'm very interested now because the over is plus money. It's very rare that you see plus money on a receiving prop, um, it's not, let alone a Devontae Adams prop. Now it's plus 105. Uh, I kind of think I'm in. I mean, like, I think that's almost yeah, better yeah. to take a plus money prop at 90, like on the over, than like even like 88 and a half or 89 and a half at minus 115 because uh, our, our buddy in the Discord, Travis, can probably plug it into the Monte Carlo simulator. But, uh, I mean, I think that, that, like, personally, I'd rather do that. Like, I think long-term expected value is a lot higher for those two yards of getting plus money. So, I don't know. I Any agree. thoughts on that? Yeah, I do have thoughts on that. And I, I couldn't agree more. I think you have uh, certain instances where – uh, you know, based on some really sharp action, the market will uh, often overreact. Uh, that happens a lot. We, we even talked about that on a prop uh, where on we can talk about this later where we're on uh, opposite sides. But there's a large gap on each, each side. And to me, you know, uh, both the over and under at the points that we got them both have value. So, yeah, when you're talking about Devontae Adams at 90 yards in a matchup that, to me, on paper, looks like it is a, at the very minimum a plus matchup. Uh, yeah, I know, obviously, the Ravens are still an elite defense, but the, the majority of the talent, in my opinion, right now is in that front, and it's you know going to be slowing down, potentially, uh, the Packers' running game. I do think that you know the path to beating the Ravens is going to likely be through the air. Uh, also, looking at Aaron Rodgers, one of the props I was looking at is his yardage total was surprisingly higher than it has been. It's up to 280 yards. Uh, it's hard to imagine 200 plus yards going elsewhere uh, with Devonte Adams. You know, potentially um, getting shut down or getting at least you know somewhat contained to the point where you know Rodgers is having a big day without Adams heavily involved in that. To me, they they likely, you know, correlate. So, yeah, I, I think Devontae Adams is going to have a good game. Uh, I do think he can get off on this Ravens secondary. He can get off on any secondary, obviously. Um, but, yeah, at 90 yards and at plus odds, I think it's a great spot to back him. Yeah, I already told the Discord it was a play. We haven't made it – I haven't booked it as an official play because I wanted to let this other group continue to steam it down. 
um because they i think it's starting to settle i think we're we're pretty much there yeah because i thought we're going to get to the 80s but you made a great point i haven't seen that connor but at 90 and a half for sure 90 and a half at plus money is uh, you know outstanding that we want to take advantage of that for sure so yeah i mean baltimore 31st in explosive pass rate allowed on the season that was with marlon humphrey they have now lost marlon humphrey for the year all pro corner they played one game without him. It was against the Browns last week. And the Browns just don't have anyone that's going to make you pay for not having Marlon Humphrey. So that's very, very different than going up against Rodgers and Adams. So, yeah, I mean, firing away at that at some point, And it feels like uh, now is the time to do so. So, yeah, over 90 at plus 105 is what I'm seeing there, Connor, at DK. Like, that's, that's a play. So, uh, absolutely love that one. Uh, let's jump into a question here. Uh, you guys keep firing some questions in the chat. Questions about whatever. I don't care. Like, let's We have some weird questions from Twitter. Uh, do whatever. Take advantage of this time. You know, we don't have a, a ton of props for you, so we want to uh, get to anything that you want to get to. So uh, we had a question from our boy Dalton Guru FF. Dalton is a uh, contributor for us at 444, does some uh, specials, gets his hands deep into the, uh, you know, best – receiving yards leader for the week running backs he uh continues to find some plus ev stuff and moves markets as well uh you have the opportunity to put tom brady on the houston texans or nathan peterman coached by matt Nagy on the buccaneers who are you betting on uh choose your fighter alex what do you think here uh i'm gonna go with I'm going to go. We don't with... know what the line is. So we'll, yeah, uh, we don't know what the line is. Are we, are these teams playing each other? Yeah. I, I think that's, yeah. I think for the scenario we're we're t- playing each other. And we'll uh, just assume it's a pick them. Yeah. We'll, sure. we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll go bucks and minus the, three. Cause you know, their current they're the rosters are intact. Like we're, we're like everybody who's like no AB. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we're, uh, we'll go AB assuming full health. So AB's on the field. Okay. Uh, so the Texans are at full health as well. Yep, Texans are full health, whatever that means. <laughs> uh, man, it's hard to fade Tom Brady. I actually think the Texans are a little bit better than – well, I guess maybe they're not a little bit better than uh, the narrative <laughs> is about them. But, yeah, uh, <laughs> Brady has a little rapport with Brandon Cooks, so there's some familiarity there. Um, the Texans' secondary has been okay. Uh, yeah, I just feel like in those uh, you know crucial moments, Matt Nagy would kind of be the deciding factor. I just feel like a blunder would occur, <laughs> you know, in the final two minutes. Like he'd figure out, or the Bucks, just from a talent standpoint, would get up ten points with two minutes and thirty seconds left, and then we'd have you know Tom, you know, seemingly dead in the water. He would you know stage a last second or you know. He'd score a touchdown with a minute left. It would. They'd have one timeout. You would think the game would be locked up, and then Nagy would call like a fullback handoff or something, <laughs> and it'd be a strip fumble, and then Brady would just make him pay. So yeah, I think Brady just crushes their souls in a game where the Nathan Peterman led Bucks just dominate for three quarters and 10 minutes. And then Brady just gets it, gets it at the end. I mean, yeah. Like for me, it was as soon as I heard a Peterman Nagy combo, like I'm out. Uh, I mean, that's like you, we've, we've already seen like Nagy lead a team with a Trubisky who's 
probably better than Nathan Peterman, and an elite defense, which is better at was better than the Bucks defense currently. And I mean, sure, they ended up being okay, but like you know, I don't know. I, I they crumbled very fast. So you're telling me that Nagy, the guy now that everyone in the league has figured out with Nathan Peterman, and I mean a good Bucks sporting cast, but no, I, I'm on I'm on the Texans three point win uh, last second field goal because the. Uh, Bears miss a double, or not the Bears, the Bucks miss a double doink. That's how I predicted it happening. Imagine not taking Tom Brady in the points. You know, just <laughs> yeah, it's been, just, you've been on the wrong side of history for twenty years. You take there'd Tom be Brady. a costly Rojo fumble or two in there as well. Yeah, that, that's a good call. I can get behind that for sure. Uh, we don't have a lot of props, but we have the most on brand prop still, Connor. Oh yeah, I guess this is this is my prop still. Okay, so. I mean, it would be – I can't go a week the rest of the season now without listing a prop that is not a QB under, a bad QB under. So I'm going to go with Mike Glennon, under 197.5 passing yards. Uh, I mean, again, like this – last week we were a little bit over 200, but he couldn't get to this number last week despite putting together, you know, two and a half essentially full drives in garbage time in the fourth quarter. The game's over. Chargers just sitting back, don't even care, letting them dink and dunk through the defense. Glennon, they also recovered an outside kick with like over a minute left. And at that point, I can't even lie to you guys. I was a little bit scared. Uh, I mean, I was like, because Glennon had just, I mean, marched down the field by digging and dunking it because they don't care. I mean, the game's over. So like, you know, I was a little scared. But again, if we see any sign of a competent game here, Glennon's going to end up with like 100 yards or less. He also completed a 60-yard pass to Kyle Rudolph that still didn't get him to this number. He had a 60-yard pass, had like over 100 yards at halftime, and did not get to, to over 200 passing yards in a game they were playing for behind the entire year, not our entire game. Now they're playing against the Cowboys, fourth in pass defense DVOA, a top five pass defense, and like a great pass rush. I think that this is an easy under. I played to under 190. I get that, you know, maybe you get there, but Mike Lennon has just been so, so bad. I mean, he has like 40-something pass attempts and then 38 in the last two games and can't pass for 200 yards in either game. Like he was like at 100 yards, 180 yards of both of them. So – uh, in a tougher matchup, doesn't matter if he throws the ball 40 times, he's not going to get there. Love it. I also just wanted to point out, I know we were off topic or a little bit here, but that uh, that Devontae Adams prop looks really good. <laughs> uh, just looking at Baltimore's defense, too, the amount of injuries in the secondary. They're also without Chuck Clark. Obviously, Marcus Peters down as well. No Marlon Humphrey, no Deshaun Elliott. So their entire secondary to start the season is now injured. And you're telling me that we can get Devontae Adams, who I also, I, I know we mentioned just to just reemphasize this, is playing the best football of the season right now. He just kind of got off to some somewhat shaky start obviously Rodgers did as well they are both just like killing it right now uh so yeah this is a great spot to, to back Devonte adams hey no hey no if you're about to fire this off on twitter you know give me a minute here i'm about to put this in our discord because <laughs> let's, really let's like make this. this an official play fellas yeah, i think this me, is a spot we have to give me 45 seconds here and i'll put this as a noonan and i play in our discord and prop stars and then you can tweet this out. Just need to give uh, our subs a chance here too, because otherwise I know you're going to just, that's going to be from plus money to minus money at 92. Yeah. Like I've been waiting all seconds. day. I've literally, you know, I, okay. well, I, I, I will tell, I will tell <laughs> them there are people who are watching the show who relay my picks to the slack. Uh, let's give Connor and Ryan a minute, <laughs> but make this an official play for me as well. Uh, Devonte Adams over 90 and a half receiving yards at plus money. Yeah. This is an amazing spot. 
Yeah, let's get pause in the show. You know, sorry, this is not great a podcast form. But we're gonna right now. We're just- what we can do is this will be the portion of the show where I give you guys a tour of my garden. Um, as <laughs> All you right, can I'm see, in. I'm good. A- I got it in. We're good. We're good. So. <laughs> Again, if you are hanging out with us and you are in our Discord currently, uh, Alex told us at the top of the show he's in there under a pseudonym. We have to figure it out. So if you can guess what Alex uh, his username is in our Discord. We'll get you a four for four t-shirt. So uh, scroll down, try to find uh, who Alex is. He's in there. And again, he's going to be in there because he's going to be firing off NBA props for us exclusively coming up very shortly. So uh, check that out. I will give you another prop that I have while we wait for Connor to do that. I took this earlier at over 65 and a half. I think it's still a play at 67 and a half. I'm going to go with Ramondre Stevenson, 67 and a half rushing yards, uh, again, I kind of agree with Connor. I do think we see a more pass-heavy game plan from the Patriots, but no Damian Harris out with a hamstring injury. We saw a increased workload just kind of gradually over the last month from Stevenson anyway. And again, like I don't want to get into like tape-watching stuff, but like there's no way you watch this dude and, and don't think that he is a better-than-average ball carrier. He consistently uh, runs through the first guy, uh, his you know yards after carry or yards after first touch is, is impressive. He is uh, going to be in a nice spot here. They are going to have no J.J. Taylor as well. I think you'll see Brandon Bolden mix in, but obviously more on long down and distance stuff, more on passing game stuff. So I think this is a really nice spot for Stevenson to kind of get you know 80% of the rushing yards or rushing carries here, which we really haven't seen. And 67 and a half, is not a high threshold to get to, even in a game where I think they're going to be passing more. So love this spot. Again, I think this game goes over the total, more conducive to possessions and scoring opportunities. So Ramondre gets his first time as the bell of the ball. 67 and a half, I think, is an attainable number. Uh, Alex, what do you got? Yeah, I like this spot as well. Uh, I'm very bullish on Ramondre as a talent. I think it's hard not to be having watched the guy play. Uh, Yeah, he's massive, uh, nimble on his feet. Uh, very explosive as well. Uh, he He's also the type of runner, in my opinion, and I think this is the sort of uh, scenario that is going to be optimal for him to kind of have a spike game, is the more touches he gets, and I know this is common with a lot of running backs, but yeah, just on the limited sample size we have of him, the more touches he gets, he he's a grinder. He wears a, a defense down, in my opinion. So yeah, I think him coming in with a pretty much a floor of 12 to 14 carries is going to do wonders for him uh yeah it is not fun tackling that guy in the third and fourth quarter so yeah i, I really like the spot as well uh yeah i think it's going to be a fun one to watch and yeah again it just kind of a bet on talent too and him kind of maximizing that first opportunity and you know i know the jj taylor stuff actually does kind of matter he has impacted a little bit when he's been active as far as how Brandon Bolden mixes in and those things too. He is not going to be there. So just Stevenson and Bolden here. And I think Stevenson, uh, another guy that can break a long run here uh, in a big, big way was instrumental in that game that we saw before the bye against Buffalo. So uh, let's dig into another question. we got our boy, Dan Rivera, shout out to baby calves. Dan is the man. Uh, Thanks for all that you do, buddy. Um, You and your tiny calves hanging out with us. This is a uh, a question about movie franchises. Who is the worst bad guy? Um, for example, Lord Vandermort. Alex, is my saying that correctly? You are. Why? Uh, just a bad villain. He talks about him getting punked by a Voldemort? baby, a teenager. Voldemort. Yeah. What, what did you say? 
Vandemort. Have you ever, have you ever never watched Harry Potter? I've never seen any Harry Potter any Harry Potter movies. Harry Potty, what is wrong with you? What's going on? <laughs> uh, How I've, are you, dude? What the hell? I have never seen any Harry Potter movies. Uh, I have never seen. That's actually not true, but I have seen. I think one Marvel movie. Dude, I'm so a- so I want to. This is an interesting question. I, I do want to mention, though. I believe the second part of the question does, does does Dan mention Hans Gruber? He doesn't mention Hans Gruber. I know who Hans Gruber is. That is a fantastic movie and doesn't fit into this category of Harry Potter and. Okay, uh, so he's asking you know, for the best villain in a franchise or a trilogy. So that makes this question. Uh, on the surface, a lot more difficult because you know you can look at. I consider my I'm a self uh, self proclaimed cinephile, so yeah. Looking at films, we're, we're looking at films where there has been a villain, you know, over at least a sequel or a trilogy. There's not a lot of great trilogies that even exist, in my opinion. Therefore, having you know a villain that has lasted the duration of two to three films and. Yeah, there's just slim pickings. So I, I was a little bit more hoping for maybe like a top three greatest villains uh, in cinematic history. Uh, looking at trilogies or franchises, though, I think Darth Vader is obviously probably the most obvious answer. Mm. Um, considering, you know, he, he's a phenomenal villain. He's been a villain in multiple films. Uh, so, yeah, I think his story uh, is great. So, yeah, hard to argue there. I also considered the Terminator. However, as we know, he was a villain in the first film. And then in Terminator 2, he becomes the hero of the story. So I wasn't sure that he is necessarily applicable. And then oftentimes when you look at, you know, great trilogy films, there'll be just a single villain, you know, in one of those films. And then they die off. And then like a Die Hard series, for instance, they have a, a different villain in every film. So yeah, if we're looking for a villain that has appeared throughout the entire, uh, you know, trilogy, there's just really not many uh, to choose from. So first of all, producer Sal, I resent the photo here of Tom Brady uh, being labeled a villain. I I think it's very fair. Very fair. I mean, Um, it's disrespectful. So I will say, I'm just, so I'm not, I'm not a big, I just not a big movie guy. Part of it, Connor, first of all, I'm older than you. So like I was on the, I was getting on the team when you were like, you know, like in going <laughs> with your buddies and having runs and watching, you know, uh, Harry Potter movies. So I haven't, and Marvel, it's just not my thing. Uh, you know, I, this is kind of what I do, but I also am a big sports guy. I do like TV. So I want to get into the mix here from a TV franchise standpoint and throughout Cersei Lannister. That's as a good one. That's one of the best one. villains ever. It, she is. Incredible the performance. Sh- the I, show, unfortunately, had one of the most unceremonious endings to a television in television history. So I don't I, disagree, I, but I also think that in itself is still also a little over. I think we overreacted because I think we had such high expectations and like we had these long layoffs between six and seven and seven and eight and we had all kind of started to think about what we wanted it to be and how we thought it was going to end. And I totally agree that it was rushed. And I totally think it could have been better, but I still think it was terrific television. And I still think the first six seasons and, and, you know, into even part of the seven were so good that it makes it, that it's kind of okay. If you rewatch I, I, it and with, without any expectations, I think you're still 
really enjoying what you watched. I have to respectfully disagree here. I think the ending <laughs> just completely tarnished the legacy. I'm a massive fan of Game of Thrones as well. I thought the first four seasons were arguably the best four seasons in television history. So as a result of these expectations, I will concede that where they set the bar so high that yes, from just a pure entertainment standpoint, the final season was visually stunning. The score was exceptional. Uh, the action sequences were cool. I'm not debating any of that. But yeah, when you have a show that is so rich in dialogue, so faithful to the novels, and just this a- this incredible adaptation of George R. R. Martin's work, and then just, just to me, it just fell off a complete cliff from a narrative storytelling standpoint. All of the things that I loved about the show went out the wind- window, whether it was Tyrion being clever he was just relegated to cock jokes at the end of the show to to (laughs) Cersei just drank wine and just watched everything happen she was no longer this like you know incredibly villainous person that was so cunning or yeah just to me like all the greatest aspects that were prevalent in the early part of the show just were gone and then Danny's turn to a villain was so incredibly rushed and just did not feel like genuine or authentic it was just not good in my opinion so i I will concede that cersei is certainly a great villain game of thrones first four seasons in my opinion some of the greatest finest television ever made i did want to point out an answer that i do think i need to mention that is hannibal lecter who has appeared in multiple films i will say obviously silence of the lambs being Phenomenal job by Sal right there. Uh, Silence of the Lambs being an excellent film. Uh, Red Dragon, not so much. Hannibal, not so much either. But yeah, Hannibal Lecter and Anthony Hopkins' portrayal uh, is phenomenal for fans of the character, there is a film made by Michael Mann, the filmmaker who made uh, films like Heat and Last of the Mohicans. He made a film um, called Manhunter in the early 1980s. And Brian Cox, who is the lead on Succession, who plays, you know, the, the patriarch of the family, actually is Hannibal Lecter. So for fans, yeah, so for fans of... Uh, Silence of the Lambs or Brian Cox, obviously yeah. a lot of new fans from Succession. A big Brian watch... Cox McDonald's commercial fan, you know. <laughs> you can watch Brian Cox, who's a phenomenal actor, portray Hannibal Lecter in the 1980s. William Peterson, he's also a famous actor from like CSI and SVU and stuff like that. Uh, directed by Michael Mann in the earlier mid 80s, really cool film. Alex, I didn't know that we needed a cinematic uh, section of four for four, but we do. I think that you need to head up our, you know, cinematography division of four for four. And we're just going to start our own content off of that because, uh, I mean, you are clearly passionate about this. When you're citing the score of a show that you haven't seen in a year, I mean, that is a lot on. The Winds of Winter, season six, episode 10, the score in that. There's like a, a solid five minutes of silence. It is incredible. It is incredible. And I know yeah. that that's late and it's post books and like. No, but that was and I unbelievable. Know she's just drinking wine and she watches the scepter explode and like she gets hit with in the, the face with, with the, the candle wind. underneath oh, the scepter bear. Yeah, it was incredible. Incredible television. So that was yeah. incredible television. Uh, and that was okay. like one of the best endings to a 
Terrific. to a show. I'll that was phenomenal. I'll yeah. quickly add favorite, my favorite villains here. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, there, there was some oh, that's me as Buffalo Bill. <laughs> oh, with the lotion in the basket. <laughs> it's me okay. as Buffalo Bill. I, I love that. Lotion man. in the basket. Oh, oh man. Uh, there, I feel like there's some low-hanging fruit you guys missed. The Joker, awesome villain. I mean, just like well, incredible. only one though. That no, was a problem, was, Connor. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Heath Ledger, I think the best, one of the best acting performances of all time, in my opinion. Um, and then also, I think. Just like over the course, Darth Vader is a great iconic villain that is one of the tops and very low-hanging fruit. But again, I think it's... I think Palpatine deserves some mention as well. The Emperor Palpatine, he was also like just the most evil foil. So like Darth Vader, obviously as Anakin Skywalker, had some redeemable qualities. And we watched his fall from, you know, this person with eternal hope into you know, one of the most villainous characters ever. Here's a cool piece of trivia. So that, that, uh, <laughs> that fight between Darth Maul, right. And yep. Obi-Wan Kenobi and uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. So yep. that is a great score. That score is called duel of the fates. And the okay. reason it's called duel of the fates is because that whoever won that fight would ultimately, uh, like good or evil was going to prevail. So obviously if Qui-Gon Jinn had beaten Darth Maul, then Anakin Skywalker would have not developed into Darth Vader. True. And then with Qui-Gon Jinn dying, who was Anakin's father figure at that time, uh, you know, that led to Anakin making the ultimately the transition to the dark side and becoming Darth Vader. So I always wondered why that was called Duel of the Fates. And that is why I was really uh, happy to learn that recently. Oh, okay. I love it. I really keep... Back to our, you know, regularly scheduled programming. <laughs> yeah, Sal makes a good point. The uh, comments are conflicted. You know, we have, you know, um, people are coming, people are going. They're not sure what to do, but we appreciate you hanging out with us. Um, I have another problem toss out there. Uh, Connor and I tag teamed on a Debo Samuel under 46 and a half receiving yards on Debo. And that's painful. We've been on some Debo overs of late. But the last three games, Debo has an 8% target share. Uh, he has three catches on seven targets in the last three games, combining for 49 total yards, which is basically what this number is. Uh, and now we have them and a 10-point favorite at home, Elijah Mitchell, uh, likely sitting here. And then we got Debo, who's handled six, eight, and six carries uh, the last three games as well. So, feel like this is a spot where if they're going to get Debo the ball with his groin probably not being 100%, it's probably a little bit mixed in on the ground. Probably a pretty limited passing game look for Debo here, and that's minus 115 on DraftKings. So I know that we have been, you know, we've been on some overs on Debo, but we have to shift with how things are going, and, and this is just not how he's being used right now. And this is not the week to go uh, with them chasing passing overs. So uh, Debo under 46 and a half, widely available. Connor and I both on that. So, yeah, I, I think he's even a rushing prop. Uh, we know what no, it's rushing, but, but okay, that's a good it. look. I think that it, that'll probably come out. I think in like the low twenties, maybe even or like like high teens. Uh, that could be a smash uh, because as soon as Elijah Mitchell out, I think that entirely shifts his role. Like yeah. that's like massively shifts what he's going to do. So that's why, like, as soon as you hit that, new Elijah Mitchell was out. Um, definitely, I thought it was a great play. Just you know, we, we talked about it on the Wednesday show too. It's just like, hey, look, this eight percent target share, three games, three games played. So that's again, he missed one in the middle there. His last three played games, he has an eight percent target share. That's like we're talking like Chris Conley 
numbers here. We're talking like Freddie Swain type of target share numbers. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think that that's a good look. I also have another prop here that um, we you know got down on that I think is still around in some spots. Might not might be twenty one and a half now here, but I took Mac Jones over twenty and a half completions um, when as soon as Damian Harris was ruled out. We kind of explained that earlier, but also like it at twenty one and a half. That's totally fine there if you can find it. Um, at you know regular juice, he's gone over that number. It doesn't even matter. Eight of twelve games this season, uh, excluding last week's win game, which I, I just don't even think that, that really counts towards our sample size. Like we knew that it was like you know twenty five to thirty mile per hour wins the entire game. They had a very clear strategy. Like that, they just weren't going to throw the ball. So like I don't think that that is relevant to our sample of what we're going to see here. Uh, and then so considering that now you have Indy fourth and in run DVOA. I mean they're like fifteenth in passing DVOA, but like Bill Belichick has made it clear throughout you know, basically his entire tenure that like he doesn't, he tries to go to the path of least resistance and like, we'll f- specifically focus on attacking weaknesses, at least relative weaknesses, which I think the Colts is past defense. So especially without his lead back, like I think that uh, like completions is probably the way to go. Uh, I think they're still going to run the ball to Newton's point. I think they're still going to have plenty of success, but I like the completions here. And I think that they actually could go like a ton of quick, short passes. I think that could actually be like, People are too focused on what they saw previously and that the recency bias is like overwhelming. Uh, but I'm willing to go back and totally, you know, revert that and go the over on Mac Jones completions. I took it too. I love it. I think it makes a lot of sense. We've kind of danced around it. And I think this is a good time to go into a spot where we maybe have a middle situation based off of how some stuff has moved. I took uh, earlier in the week, shout out by our guy, Travis. Um, we've been kind of tracking Kendrick Bourne. Uh, overs of late and it's worked out pretty well uh, and again I think we're kind of getting hung low numbers still especially after the Buffalo game I jumped on Kendrick Bourne over uh, minus 115 on points bet I got it over 35 and a half uh, it was 36 and a half at the time on points bets and again like he's topped this in eight of his last 10 and his you know running around on about 80 percent of the dropbacks of, of late so that's a really nice spike for him and you know kind of rele- relegating you know, um, Nelson Aguilar to, you know, mixing in instead of being, you know, an alpha in two receiver sets. So Bourne got steamed up a little bit. And Alex, um, you took Bourne on the other side. I did. Yeah, it was all the way up to 44 and a half yards um, as the members of my Slack who are uh, viewing this right now. This is the only play I've actually called this week. Um, So, yeah, I I felt at 44 and a half um, offered some value for the under there. Um, Yeah, I was surprised that it moved all the way from 34 and a half up to 44 and a half. Uh, yeah. As far as uh, Bourne's involvement in the offense, we obviously, yeah, he's, he's played well. Absolutely. Um, Mac Jones does spread the ball out a ton. As we know, lots of receiving options on new England also going to run the ball some. So yeah, I did felt that it offered some value at 44 and a half, but yeah, this is a decent spot in my opinion, where uh, I think they're like, there's quite a few range of outcomes where it lands somewhere between 34 and 45 yards. So, it's catching this one. I think that's an actionable middle almost too. Like if it's still out there, like I feel pretty confident that he's he's kind of in that range. Decent a dots again. You know, can do it on maybe you know three catches. But uh, yeah, that's that's interesting. This is kind of again. This is how we handled the Devontae Adams thing too. Like I had Devontae Adams in my notes as uh, an overlook for me this week because of the the situation without Marlon Humphrey, and then to see uh, you know uh, influential book or, you know, influential site, you know, steam his under. It was a beautiful spot where, you know, maybe we both win at the end of the day. I don't know, but I definitely like 
not getting in on the plus money where we got Devontae Adams uh, earlier in the show. So uh, good stuff there. Let's jump into some of our questions. We are flying through here. It's crazy how like how are we gonna be able to fill an hour and then we get to it and it's like oh we're fifty six minutes in. I mean, we uh, talked about, talking about Game of Thrones for like fifteen minutes, so that's probably how. Game of Thrones <laughs> deserves fifteen minutes to talk. Uh, <laughs> we could have gone a half an hour. I had a lot more to say. Uh, I had a lot shop... more to say too, frankly. <laughs> well, well, let's do it. We'll do it next week. Shot props. Uh, first of all, shot props gave us uh, a hockey winner last week. So. Uh, was that him? You know, shout out I want to give a, I, I I give a massive that. shout out to that. Shop Props. Uh, he is an awesome guy. Gotten to know him through my DMs. Uh, he is helping me out with some graphics that I'm really excited to unveil um, coming up in the next few weeks and some other stuff. But yeah, you will see some fresh Prop Stars graphics when you see my schedule, uh, when my 4 for 4 basketball article is going to come out and all of my remaining NFL content as well. So yeah, shout out to shot props. He's the man. Nice. Uh, any betting tips for beginners, things that you wish you knew earlier, Connor? Um, I mean, that's a, a lot. I think that you kind of have to learn by uh, making your own mistakes, to be honest. So like, I can tell you whatever, you know, whatever I've learned, but like, I think just even like in life generally, like it's, it's really hard to like, you know, it's, it takes a lot, it takes like someone to be really, really wise to like learn from other people, like truly learn from other people's mistakes until you make the mistake yourself. Like, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, just generally, I don't learn by, you know, making the mistake myself. So, or until I make the mistake myself. So it's just one of those things like bet low limits, you know, bet like small, start your bankroll small, small and test your theories. Like if you think that, you know, play players coming off of whatever, like uh, running a certain amount of routes or like whatever, being phased out of the offense, like, you know, throw five bucks on it, throw 10 bucks on it. You know, I think that those things kind of matter. Um, like just like start, start small and test your theories because I see too many people lose way too much money too fast thinking like the Dunning Kruger, like they think that they know more than they actually do. Um, and like, so that's what I would say. Start small, work your way up, find people you can trust. I think that's really important. Um, and also as Maiden Focus mentioned, be aware of juice. I mean, avoid as much as you can, like be very careful because that can make a huge difference in your long haul because if you're betting minus 125s every week instead of minus 110s every week. Like that difference can actually make the difference, like be the difference between you having a profitable season and not profitable season, which can all obviously like, alter your confidence, make your like change your entire approach when maybe it doesn't need to be. So I think that's uh, phenomenal advice. I also subscribe to the idea that uh, experience is ultimately the best teacher as well. Uh, I would also say to track as much and record your results as much as possible. Um, the more information or data that you collect about yourself, you will learn a lot about yourself as a better, where your strengths are, when your weaknesses are. Uh, record the closing line value of bets that you're placing as well. Uh, that will be a good indicator whether or not you were on the right side or not you can also kind of figure out where your leaks are um, your strengths are whether it's certain specific categories so yeah the more data that you compile and record as far as your results are concerned i feel like are very very beneficial uh connor also talked about experience i, th I feel like yeah it requires a ton of experience i will also say uh having mentors in the space uh very helpful i've always tried to seek out people who are smarter than me pick their brains as much as possible. Uh, that was very beneficial. Uh, furthermore, I feel like market instincts is a very underrated aspect to being a successful sports better. 
And there's a lot of different directions you can go with that. Um, I could go on and on about that. But yeah, even just studying sometimes uh, other markets, I feel like can give you a leg up as well. I know some sports bettors that know very little about sports themselves, but they have a lot of uh, deep fundamental understanding of how markets work. And as a result, they're really successful. So yeah, there's a, a lot of things you can be doing. And I think uh, Connor laid out a bunch, but yeah, record your results. Uh, just talk to people who are smart and who have have more experience and yeah, don't be afraid to uh, research other markets, even traditional financial markets. You can learn a lot. Great advice, fellas. I agree with those. Uh, nothing to add that is better than that stuff too. So uh, also he wants to know why doesn't glue stick to the inside of the bottle. I think that's a great question. Uh, it does. I, I feel not... when it gets to the like, very or at least with Elmer's. Yeah. When you're at, like I always found that like at the end of an Elmer's or if the Elmer's had been uncapped for a bit, like it's very uh, crucial for the Elmers or even like super glue to stay like perfectly airtight and sealed because you have a lot of uh, problems otherwise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how does it stick to the inside of the bottle? I mean, there's a, I'm like, you know, I could guess that there's some certain, you know, lining that allows it not to be, uh, but like I gorilla mean, that, glue or like, you know, yeah, that's but like, you know how that works. I don't know. I mean, someone a lot smarter than me thought of it. <laughs> Did you guys ever glue your fingers together? I would say you get course, super glue, yeah. you get super glue on your fingers and it is literally the worst two hours of your life. I find that fun. <laughs> You're a psychopath. <laughs> you do that and watch like TV, just watch movies, Alex, just like, glue your just fingers like together this. And just... They're like, oh, this score is amazing. <laughs> I play the score with my goo fingers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. Uh, um, Nero guy wants to know what makes the awful gambler such a great dude. Hashtag man of the people. Alex, you said you wanted to get this, this one. I do. Shout out to the awful gambler. He's epic. He, his name is Scott. For those of you uh, aren't aware, he's a uh, frequent listener, uh, longtime supporter. He's also a supporter of you guys as well. Uh, he is in my Slack. Shout out to Scott. Um, yeah, he had a very, very short-lived, brief capping career. I believe his one and only bet that he gave out was on a Mitchell Trubisky rushing prop. Uh, unfortunately, Trubisky finished with zero rushing yards in that game. That also signaled the end of the awful gambler's capping career. But yeah, shout out to him. He's a great guy. <laughs> <laughs> shout out, Scott. Uh, Scott. Let's go. There he is. There he is. Love it. All oh, right. Shit. What else? Let's go see. We're running out of time, and we'll get to producer Sal's. Give me, give me a minute here. My my computer's about to die, so I'm about to. You're gonna have to field the questions here, Alex. Classic Connor. Uh, all right, here. <laughs> Let's own see. game for that. Yeah. He forgets that we did this for you know multiple weeks without him. We, already, I, you we know? did hold this down like it was we nothing. Did. Shut up, Matt. Uh, stoked for this podcast. Had a lot to do with a plus 37 unit prop cash last weekend. That's awesome. Hell yeah, Matt. Uh, congratulations on that. That's a nice. That's an amazing uh, that's weekend. A season. I, mean, I was going to say amazing. some some cappers are like they have they finish the season up 37 units and that's a he, unbelievable. Year you should be that. proud of it. That's that. Yeah, that's like year. historic. Yeah, that is fantastic. So. Um, Let's see. This is just, Vinny wants to know, is this the right place for combat calves? Anonymous. Yeah. Uh, your little calves are welcome here. <laughs> we don't mind if you skip legs day. You're welcome here regardless. Um, Shout out Dan. Dan 
Dan actually gets in here and says he has nice big calves. So, uh, Dan, integrity is uh, important to us. We talked about at the top of the show. Uh, don't fill the chat with lies. Otherwise, we'll need to uh, relegate to you to podcast only. So. There are multiple narratives regarding Dan's calves. I'll just leave yeah. it at that. Yeah. Uh, people talking about they appreciate the uh, quality over quantity. That is where we're at, too. We appreciate that, too. We have uh, Ryan P. wants to know, Bolden. Uh, over 20 and a half receiving yards with Harris out should get most of the receiving work out of the backfield. <clears throat> Excuse me. I would say that receiving yards are from a running back standpoint, something that we've talked about most weeks is something that I wouldn't say a blanket statement that we try to avoid. There just is a lot of variance in projections in those. Uh, you can have these instances where Taylor himself the other week caught six balls for like 10 yards. And that happens. He does have obvious breakaway ability, but uh, that's not a play for me, and I would just be careful with the market. Going we out. had his receptions that that week as well, so uh, <laughs> sure, we'll take that. We cashed in. We'll take it wherever we can get it. Uh, Ryan also wants to know about James Robinson anytime touchdown plus one hundred and five. A lot of narratives swirling around Robinson this week with Urban Meyer out to dry. Uh, any thoughts on Robinson at plus money plus one hundred and five? I typically avoid touchdown props unless there is some just uh, overwhelming value on it, which I don't really tend to find. Uh, yeah, I think they're kind of high variance props uh, personally. Uh, I know some people have success with them, but yeah, just not uh, something I have a large foray into. So uh, I feel like that number is somewhat reasonable or efficient as far as I'm concerned. So don't have a yeah, strong take. I agree. We'll get a team total. Uh, you know, in like the high teens and I know it's a nice matchup against the Texans, but again, we're that's, you're projecting them for roughly a little fewer than, you know, two touchdowns right around two touchdowns. And there are a lot of instances where he does not get that. And those implied odds are telling you that it's basically 50, 50. Ryan, I know you spend a lot of time with sides, totals, team totals and stuff. I'm curious what your take. I was actually kind of surprised. I mean, I understand the narrative of Jacksonville's first game, Without Urban Meyer at the helm, uh, you know teams typically rally in those spots would be an emotional spot. But four point favorites for this Jags team seemed like a lot of points to me on paper or on the surface. Is that a spot you like, or are you? Yeah, Connor and, I, or... Connor and I talked about uh, a Jags team under on our Wednesday show pre Urban news. Um, it's kind of been a stay away for me at this point, but it does feel like maybe something I get back into because it's. We're continuing to see that get pounded, and I'm just interested to see where that settles and if that's a number. The, the, Who are the Jags four point favorites over? Like, how are they four point favorites <laughs> over anybody? Like, I got up to five and a half at one point today. <laughs> just, that is it, absurd. I would take the Texans all day and yeah, five and a half point dogs. It's an insane to me. Sometimes like that's one of those spots where it's like, gosh, I know it's probably the right play, but like, I just don't have, especially in a week like this with all that's going on. I just I don't have an appetite for. Texans even at plus money either so it's like fair another one of those points where it's like there are so many options on the board and I feel like that's probably the right play and it's like a track it and look back and, and see if it's maybe something I need to pull the trigger on moving forward but it's an easy cross off and and you move on I actually parlayed uh, a bunch of team total unders I, we talked about it on our Wednesday show and I decided yeah. to pull the trigger I took the under on like uh, Jags team Jags team total under was one of mine um, and I'll, I'll share this live parlay here um, okay, so I took under. So there was a parlay here where you get a little bit of juice on these with uh, points bet because they like kind of like juice their team totals. But I hate what, it. Here's, it's still worse. Yeah, yeah, it's trash. But I parlayed all of them, so I think it ended up being all right. So I took Giants under eighteen and a half, uh, 
Panthers under 18 and a half, Love it. Uh, Lions under 18 and a half, Texans under, or Jags under 22 and a half, and Jets under 18 and a half. Um, so I took them all over, like, like they were above the 17 and a half threshold because points that doesn't offer 17 and a half. I would have parlayed that, but uh, yeah, I, I thought all those are good plays individually. Don't parlay all of them uh, unless you're ready for pain. I'm sure that's going to lose, but I thought it was fun and I did it for the brand because I talked about it on the Wednesday show and I think that it's important to be genuine. And yeah, so here we are with a parlay of all those. That warms the cuckles of my heart. <laughs> a, a, a parlay with the team total unders like that is like, I mean, uh, dude, it's going to hit. I mean, it's going to, it is going to hit dude. I mean, I mean, I, yeah. Panthers under 18 and a half. I mean, that money is already spent points <laughs> bet. You suck by the way. Like, first of all, Give us the actual number. Like, don't get dumb here and, like, take away the key numbers and, and make us pay extra money for, you know, 18 and a half when that's not, uh, you know, it's just not a – give me a 17 and a half. Don't charge me the extra 20 cents for a number that is not really uh, in the range of outcomes. So oh, we're not getting sponsored by points bet uh, next year. <laughs> yeah. Well, not after the Alex, Alex Len bet the other day either. Props, oh, yeah. did you see that? The points f- bet five or ten what was it like five and a half assists or something? Five and a half assists on oh, Alex Lennon. I did. You are you are in the Discord. Okay. I am in the Discord. I told you I wasn't <laughs> kidding. Yep. We hammered that and uh he got zero assists. So thank you, points bets. Uh beauty. Yep. All right. Uh how and why did the Broncos go back to featuring Melvin Gordon? Uh assumption of rational coaching. Uh, the opposite of that here, I have no idea what's the going on. The season's shot, and they're trying to preserve the future of their franchise. This is the only reasonable explanation because totally uh, if they're interested in winning football games this season, that is uh, not the move. Yep. Uh, shot props, good joke. Taysom involved with the Church of Jesus Christ in the Latter-day Saints. Well played. Uh, Jordan wants to know, uh, Jordan, the DFS guy for us here at 4 for 4 if you guys had to describe this betting week as a movie. Uh, what movie would that be? I would say maybe like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. <laughs> Dazed and confused. <laughs> it is a, it's a rough it's a rough week. Um, yeah. uh, okay, what about uh, what about uh, Shawshank Redemption? Just really long and painful <laughs> the entire time, and there's just no happiness the entire movie. I'm the so, prison warden. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he he gave his money ball. Um, he can't determine who's. Jonah Hill, that's fair, I guess. But uh, Dude, I, I love Jonah Hill, actually. Low key thing. I, I really like. I, he's like one of my favorite. Like, I mean, it's like definitely a weakness. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. He's hilarious. And he's, he's a great funny. actor. And he's yeah, he does multiple different kinds of roles. You know, he's Nothing a wrong with loving Jonah Hill. Yeah, Connor, he's I, awesome. Yeah, leading to a buddy. You're okay. I know. Come safe. on. That's a pleasure. He's amazing. Well, okay, my my fiance is not a fan, and you know, I think we have a, a big difference in opinions there. And I'm I'm a you know, lone Jonah Hill stand. Does the, she not uh, have a sense of humor? <laughs> dude, that's what I'm saying. I mean, just so many so good funny. movies. Don't answer so many that. Good movies. Don't answer I know. That. I'm sorry. I didn't even put you on the body. Super bad, right? <laughs> no, like, he's yeah. so... She, she won't listen this far in the show. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ryan P., what about Hines over 16 and a half receiving yards? Pass for me. Again, he has not been really involved much. 16 and a half is not a high threshold, but again, like, this is going to be a Jonathan Taylor week in uh, – you're going to sweat that Heinz one out, I think. Uh, again, watch him get you know a 17-yard catch in the first quarter now, but like I still don't think it's a good play. And I think that's also probably some good advice too is um, you know try to have a process and lean into the reasons why you make yes or no decisions on bets. Don't be results-oriented. Um, 
in Chase. That is great advice. Yeah, because just because he has one reception for 17 yards and finishes with one target does not mean it was a good bet. And the inverse of that is true as well. You know, say uh, you have his over and he ends up with six targets and, you know, fails to reach 16 yards. And so, yeah, yeah, it's always good to uh, not be results oriented and, and look at things without bias. And yeah, just uh, be honest with yourself. You'll go a long way. Justin wants to know our thoughts on Aaron Rodgers passing yards and touchdowns combination. We had 270 and a half passing yards, two and a half touchdowns. It's a lot of touchdowns. Um, I'm not sure if this question is a parlayed question or individually. Uh, two and a half touchdowns is an over bet that I am not going to make very, very often. Um, they do have a team total around 25 and a half, 26. I think that that's an over bet. Um, and then you guys are talking about the Rodgers passing yards as well. Any thoughts there? I initially just looking at it, thought it was, I mean, it's higher than it's been. I want to say uh, over the at least the last 10 weeks or so, he's been in the kind of the 240 to 260 range. So yeah, seeing him in the mid 280s kind of just caught my attention, knowing that this Baltimore secondary is literally without, you know, Marlon Humphrey, uh, Chuck Clark, uh, Sean Elliott, um, obviously Marcus Peters, like they are as, as banged up as a unit can be coupled with the fact the strength of the Ravens defense is, you know, their front seven, they have a very formidable uh, run defense. It does seem like a clear path or uh, something that Rodgers would take advantage of is a uh, undermanned secondary that hasn't been great already. So yeah, that does seem like a stay away, even though it was a high number. I, looking closer at why it is a high number then kind of makes sense to me. Yeah. All right. Um, my uh, my flowers aren't blooming and the weekend is coming. I need to go to the Home Depot uh, flower section here in 54 minutes. So we're going to fly through the next few questions. Um, you know, I don't have the backyard I like Alex. But, um, doesn't look like there's any lines yet. But what do you think of uh, Darnell Mooney this week, uh, Connor? Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean – should be a good spot. I, I think it just depends on like field. I feel like Fields and him have always had a kind of a good connection since day one. So I think that there's it's an interesting spot. But the, the issue is that like I think I think the market already kind of like reacts to that accordingly. Like they put probably put him in like the mid fifties. Uh, I mean, so I don't know. Probably just depends on what the numbers at. If you can get like a high forties, I'm interested. But Nate wants to know about Devontae Adams' longest reception over twenty seven and a half yards. Yeah, but at the same time, like. I can get plus money on his full game scope. So give me that, right, where this is kind of a singular event. This kind of feels almost like a touchdown prop bet, which is fine. I don't think that these are, are bad plays per se. Um, I think you can find some edges there if you do a little bit of homework. But uh, in this instance, I'd much rather take the plus money on Devontae Adams, uh, where we talked about that earlier in the show. Uh, Matt wants to know about uh, Cordero Patterson over 40 and a half rushing yards this week in Santa Clara against the Niners. They've talked about um, – dialing back his workload a little bit, which I'm interested to see what that looks like. And Cordell Patterson, also a guy that can get there on very few carries. Alex, any thoughts on uh, Cordell? Yeah, it was very bizarre to see him healthy on the uh, during the entire fourth quarter. I think even into the third quarter, he was on the sidelines after having a pretty productive day last week. I know I took his over. He ended up going over uh, 55 and a half rushing yards. I believe he finished with 16 carries, uh, which he had uh, midway through the third quarter, and then he just wasn't on the field anymore afterwards, which was puzzling. And then, yeah, looking afterwards, he didn't suffer an injury. Um, it was said that, you know, 
there was just some veteran rest, but the game was close and he was running well. So yeah, it was uh, kind of a little bit of cause for concern. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me, I guess, if the Falcons are kind of capping uh, his weekly touches, probably they don't want him to exceed 18 to 20 touches on a weekly basis. So, yeah, that's just something you have to factor in when you're looking at his uh, week-to-week projections. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, let's see. You guys continue to uh, fire off here, so we appreciate it. Um, lots of Game of Thrones takes in here. Uh, I, if you haven't gone back and watched it, I recommend going back and rewatch it, folks. It is uh, – Again, uh, I understand Alex's pain, but uh, it is, it's a terrific television show. And shame on you, Sal, for disrespecting it. Um, the novels are great as well. Uh, imagine reading. <laughs> I mean, if you haven't read the Harry Potter books, you haven't lived. So, you know. uh, Shop Props, greatest TV villain, Toby from The Office. Um, great call. I, I would go Tony yeah. Soprano. I like that. I like that. Interesting. Tony is one of those. He, he's kind of that, you know, kind of started that lovable anti-hero yeah the anti-hero role that's like Like walter white yes uh villanelle if you are if you've never watched um that killing eve killing eve is a terrific television show villanelle is terrific uh highly recommend that if you haven't she is also that uh, anti-hero role where she's a bad person but um it is hard not to love villanelle and she's brian cox is an amazing villain on succession as well he is Uh, also shouting out to villanelle very easy on the eyes um, which also makes it easy to watch. Um, Sticky Bandits, also good call from Vinny. Um, shout out Home Alone. Sticky Bandits, bad, bad <laughs> villains. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see other actual questions for us. We can move on to our uh, our picks of the week here, Sal. Uh, we're we're going to push the hour and a half on a show that I thought, I told my wife, 45 minutes. And we're going to you know actually have our longest show of the season. If, so. we, if we remember, our first show was... 22 minutes yeah we're in vegas we didn't know what we were doing with this show yet i was really nervous i hadn't been on stream very much i was afraid to afraid to talk we didn't know what to do and uh you know here we are and you guys just want to hang out with us and we super duper appreciate it um all right sal your turn producer sal's player prop tool bet of the week hit us for it oh oh my god he did it davis, davis mills. mills davis mills bash over. over over connor we have been you know davis mills unders over and over again slight edge this is plus odds though even money basically uh 222 and a half against the jags uh, i'm not showing a ton of value here in our player prop tool again this is available with a subscription we have this same tool for nba props again it allows you to select the sports book you can filter by team or player specifically adjust props as well if they move or you have some offshores but uh connor i'll go to you what are your thoughts here on davis mills i mean dude actually i mean we talked about some wednesday show i kind of like the over i think that this is actually a decent play i've banged the drum on uh davis mills under throughout the season but those were against awesome awesome defenses now you're looking at you know he threw for 330 yards last week in seattle 26 in passing dvoa like jacksonville's bottom five in most pass defense metrics um I mean, I think that he just, like, had a really rough run of schedule because he had, f- had to face against, like, 
you know, the Cardinals, the Patriots, the but or the Bills, the you know Panthers. Like those are really really tough matchups. So uh, I think the over actually is a legitimate play. I know another again another sharp group played the under like two forty. I think two twenty is more than reasonable to take the over, especially at the even money. I think that's fine. I'm not trying to get myself to like actually tout it and tell our subscribers that they should put their own hard-earned money on Davis Mills, but I'm pretty close. I mean, 215, 217, I would do it. Can I tell you guys what just happened? What? My cat just threw up on my foot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not kidding. I'd show you. It's gross. Yeah, my asthmatic cat who always likes to enter the room when I'm streaming, making like really loud audible sounds just threw up on my foot. Oh, that's so gross. We're going to have to wrap this oh. up, dude. That's that's awful. We're going to wrap it up anyway. Moccasins, too. I mean, she, oh. your, your asthmatic cat heard about us betting at Davis Mills over right. and proceeded <laughs> to throw up all over your foot. I think if you were listening loud enough, you could have caught it because it was loud. <laughs> oh, you guys are the best. Uh, we did not get to your questions. We apologize. Hit us up on Twitter, um, at Move the Line NFL. Are you going to hit us anywhere uh, individually too? We really appreciate it. So uh, again, we appreciate you hanging out with us, even though we didn't have as many props as we typically do, but hopefully we can win you some money again this week. So again, for Connor and Alex, I'm Ryan. We'll see you again next time.